Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. This story of the Macedonian church and what they've done is a case study of where we ended the message last week. Uh, remember I was telling you about my little guy, Zach, the other week and his refusal to share the spoils of an arcade game with his tickets, even though I'd paid for the game, I'd helped him with the game. Uh, he refused to share the rewards of what he had won with his sister. And I said it was only fair and reasonable that he, that he would do so in the same way that Paul said, it is only fair and reasonable that you as God's people share the blessings that he has given you with others around you. Uh, That's the heart of the bigger picture that we've been talking about in this series, Mosaic. The bigger picture is God God has created you to be a snowflake. You are unique. Ephesians 2 says that you are God's workmanship, that he has brought together a bunch of radically diverse and different people that are able to turn to each other and say, you know what, if it weren't for Jesus Christ, there is no way that we would be doing life together right now. And in so doing, he has resourced you accordingly to reach out and to touch people that only you can minister to. That's a big picture. Now, here's the tension. It came from a conversation with one of uh, our, our guys after the service last week. And I think it's the story for most of us here is that he says, yeah, I get, I get the bigger picture, but I work an 80-hour week. I serve on two to three boards and another committee and the boss is just asking me to do another thing in 2016. How do I, how do, how do I work all that out? My life seems full. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're a professional or not. Have I got some people here where life feels a little bit busy on the lower north shore of Sydney? <laughs> what do we do with that? I think it's a bit like this. Have, have any of you been through a spring clean? I'm going through one at the moment. My car has had to sit out in the driveway uh, for five whole days at the moment because we've decided to clean up the garage. It's just that time of year. Maybe Kristen's nesting. It's getting ready that it's just got to clean things up. And so I haven't been able to use the garage because we've got, we've got about four to five crates stuck in the middle of the garage floor and there's things everywhere and, and so I can't use the garage. Now, question is, is, is the garage full? Well, some would say yes, can't use it. Uh, but I'd say, no, it's not full In fact, the stuff that we've got on the floor is only like 1% of the total volume of the garage. But one thing is for sure, it's not freed up. Now, here's how I think it helps us understand the dynamic that we have in our context here is, look, admit it, we're all busy. But the real question we need to be asking ourselves when it comes to service is, am I full up or am I freed up for service? And don't you find it, it's the small things the little things, lots of little things that get into the garage floor of your life that seem to restrict you from doing the things you know God wants you to do. What do we do with that? How do we fix that? How do we go from, from full up to freed up? I think for us, a lot of us, it's about being freed up for service. How do we do that? The first way that we do that is you have to proactively rearrange your lifestyle. Look at verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, For I testify that the day the Macedonian church gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. This was a poor church. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. They're a church very similar to us, high level of professionals. Corinth was the entrepreneurial centre of the world at the time. The Macedonian church was a very poor church. This is like a church that's of of a bunch of people that have gathered together in Shalvey in Western Sydney that's plagued with 
All sorts of great challenges ahead of them. And Paul is writing to the Corinthian church because they've given this generous offering back to Jerusalem out of nothing. How does that work? It says that they not only gave, but they gave beyond their ability. What does that mean? Here's what it means. You know how our lives go, right? When we give. Yeah, we've, got a big, we've got a big chunk, a big box in our lives that's called our needs, our necessities. And then we have a little section over here that's, that's attached to that box that's called in case of emergency. And then we have a section over here that's beyond. And that's generally the order in which we live our lives, right? Our needs, the emergencies, and then if, if there's a little bit left over, then we give beyond. And here's the difference with the, with the Macedonian church. When Paul says that they gave beyond their ability, what he was saying is that they gave of themselves to an extent that it cut into their lifestyle. That it actually impacted their necessities, the way that they lived. How, how did they do all of that? Look at how they did it. In verse 5, a remarkable verse and the centre principle of this entire passage and the whole dynamic for service is this. And it said, and they exceeded our expectations. Too right, poor church giving generously. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. So in other words, what, what the Macedonian church had done here is they had totally reversed the order of their lifestyle. And you see, when they had, when they had given themselves first to God, they, here's what they did. They got the stuff off the garage floor. They went to Ikea. They, they found strategies to get the things in the life that normally fill us up, to put stuff on the walls, to crate it up, to work it out, to, to, to clear the space in order to put God first. It's like the true story of the farmer. Uh, the farmer had a, had a cow and... The cow gave birth, not to one, but to two calves unexpectedly. He was only expecting one. He got another calf. Bonus. And so he runs in to tell his wife, look, look, the, the cow gave birth to not one, but, but two calves. She said, that's fantastic, honey. That's incredible. He says, you know what? When, when they grow up and we take them to the stockyards and I sell them, you know what? I, I'm going to sell one of them off and I'm going to give that to the Lord. A couple of years later, it's growing up. He comes in terribly downtrodden he said honey honey I've got terrible news one of the calves has died the Lord's calf has died <laughs> she said she, she said honey how did you know which one oh, I knew I knew back then I said this was my one that was the Lord's calf hey isn't it always true guys the Lord's calf is the one that always dies <laughs> Jonathan Edwards one of the great preachers of the reformed era in America said that uh, we talked on Galatians 5, carrying each other's burdens. He said that the, the, the dynamic of the gospel is such that if we never relieve others' burdens, but except for when we can do it without being burdened ourselves, and then he says, how are we carrying each other's burdens if we bear no burden at all? What he's saying is it's got to cut into your lifestyle. That was last week, right? Living sacrifices. It's got to cut into your lifestyle. And I see this dynamic all the time. We have had a very heavy week pastorally here behind the scenes. And it has been such an amazing and a wonderful dynamic 
to see this in action. There's been phone call after phone call. There's been text messages. There's been emails. There's people up at hospital. There are people walking with friends. There are people housing uh, people that, that are in a really tight situation at the moment. There's 7 o'clock, 9pm discussions happening around how we can support and love this person. We start to see this all the time. How can we bear each other's burdens unless we bear no burden at all? Now, I want to prepare you for this. Be ready for it. Here is the question that if we are someone, on, and I've been, I've been prone to this in my own life as well, when we say, look, you know what, I don't, I don't have the capacity to serve. The question is, is it, is, it, is it because we're full up or because what we're really saying is, you know what, right now, I don't want to have to carry the burden. I don't want it to cut into my lifestyle. I'm, I'm up for serving so long as the necessities, emergency, and you know what, I've, I can serve because I've got a little bit in the beyond box for you this week. And this wonderful case study says, oh, it doesn't work like that. It's not how God intended it to be. They gave themselves to God first. And let me flip it to the positive. What is wonderful about that is when you see these people come good. Haven't you been there, church? Those scenarios in which you have invested, you may not have seen it straight away, but the joy is one of the young adults this week called me up and to say, they're making so much progress, they're doing so good, it's incredible how God is changing them. I'm seeing God show resources in the most amazing and unexpected of ways. There's a joy in that. But you don't enter into glimpsing that joy unless you're willing to cut and reorganise your lifestyle. So that's the big idea. Now we're going to just simply, as we finish up this morning, look at, at how all of that works. Because that is why service is so powerful, right? Service is so powerful because it's personally costly. It, that's what makes this thing no longer natural but supernatural. This is what makes this different from the world around us. This is what makes people look in and go, oh my goodness, if people are serving with such burden, there has got to be a bigger picture here. There has to be a God. There has to be something behind this. And so the question is, how do I free myself up for service? And so can you see how this principle is pushing us here? If, if we're saying, I, I, can't, I can't do this because I'm full up, remember the nuance is, are you really full or is it just a matter of that you haven't reorganised things in the garage of your life? Let's have a little bit of Ikea time, shall we? <laughs> Want some, some, I, I think that's what the genius of Ikea, isn't it? It's not necessarily their furniture design. Ikea are brilliant because their furniture not only looks good, but most importantly, the power behind Ikea furniture is they organise your life in such a way that even the smallest of spaces look so much more roomy. <laughs> right? Shelves on the walls, little things that slide out of drawers. It's just incredible how using the tools and the techniques of Ikea actually make you feel like you've expanded your capacity in life without expanding your capacity. We understand this. We live on the lower North Shore. We've got apartments the size of shoeboxes. <laughs> I'm talking to a church that gets this, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> so what, what does it mean to Ikea our lives internally? And guess what I've got for you? Really practical today. I've got another matrix. Venn diagram last week. Matrix this week. And look, the assumption behind all of this is that I know the hearts of our people. We want to serve. We we want to be part of the bigger picture. That is not in doubt in this amazing church. But it's about that. I find with a lot of people, it's like, how do I do this? How do I work this out? How do I, 
How do I expand the capacity of my life? And so there's two dynamics that you need to be thinking about. And that is, uh, first of all, your availability. How, that's whether you're full up or free up. And the other dynamic is your ability, your skills in serving. And so how you rate on those, that spectrum will determine where you're sitting this morning in terms of service. And so on the matrix, we're going to have four different types of people. The watching, the wondering, the waiting and the willing. You see, the watching, they're the ones down that have a low availability, they're full up, and they uh, have a, a low confidence, a lower ability. And so someone who is watching, we need to remember too, that is okay. They're not actively involved in service. And there can be lots of reasons for that. Like we said, this needs to be the sort of place that if you, if you need healing, if you need restoration, if you've just joined us, you just need to work out how I fit, affinity, ability, opportunity. So it's okay to be watching, but not for too long. And then there's the person that's wondering. The person that's wondering has, they're full up, but they're quite confident in their abilities to serve. So they've got a full life, and it's a lot of North Siders, full life, but they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Where can I serve? How can it work? That's why the team went crazy last week printing a five-page document with a whole range of different roles and 96 volunteer positions that we need to fill now. And we've put it up on the website at forward slash serve. And there's now also for the, uh, those members here that needed a slightly bigger font, as we heard from last week for that. I have personally printed you 20 booklets at starting point. If you were, we had a lot of wondering people last week that were wondering how they could serve, but they couldn't because Sam printed it way too small. <laughs> it's biblical. Paul did the same thing. So that's the wondering person says, where where do I serve? And then you have the waiting person. The the waiting person is someone who has freed themselves up, but they lack the confidence to go and serve. They're going, what if I fail? What if I don't do it right? What if I say the wrong thing? And the last person is the willing person. That's like so many here, someone who has freed themselves up and they're also confident in what they're doing. They're actively serving. So what is the next step for each of these different people? How do you take the next step? Well, look, if you are just watching, the way that you move from watching to willing, willing, the first thing you do is you just turn up. Say yes. Say yes to anything. Anything. Uh, There are going to be cards at starting point. You grab a card at starting point. You tick the box that says, I don't know where I'm going to serve. I need help from the ministry team. Please call me this week. You just turn up. And so often it's, it's like going to the gym. You don't feel like it at the time. But you know that if you just go, you start to build muscle and it, it self-propels you into greater levels of service. You just do it. Just turn up. Uh, here's the second thing that you can do if uh, you are the person who is, uh, you want to move from waiting to willing is that you, you, take, you take up. You, you take up. What is, that's, that's the person who is... is wondering what they could do and yet they're not confident about what they're doing. And so really what that person has got to ask, they were down that bottom end of the quadrant as we saw here on the bottom right, they're the person who simply has to ask themselves, what next step do I need to do in order to skill myself up for service? I call it the Jared Hayne principle. Right? Jared is a brilliant athlete, but he sucks at the NFL. Okay? He's hopeless. But I love his attitude. Uh, Jared is the ultimate waiting to willing person. Jared says, I, I got a, he freed himself up. He travelled to LA. He got himself with a team. He sat in the practice squad all year. And hopefully we'll see him play a proper game this year. 
So there are lots of Jared Haynes out there that says, you know what, There's a, you, you actually do have a great ability, you just need to skill up, uh, like transitioning from rugby to NFL. And here's the last one and the most plic- applicable in our context. The one I think is so applicable for so many of us that are full up, and that is that you've got to tune in. If you're a person that is wondering, if you're the top left quadrant where you are, you feel full up, you don't know where you serve you don't, and you need to be freed up, then you need to tune in and, and say to yourself, where is it that I can proactively set my year up? Where can I, I key in my life? Where can I take all of the various things that are important, by the way, family and kids and your job and your work? You say, oh, I'm not saying you don't do that. But, but you, you go and, and take that up and you, you construct the various systems in your life that allow you to do it. You ever heard that phrase that says, you want to get something done, give it to a busy person? I think that is the mantra of Northside Community Church. Why? Because busy people build the structures in their life proactively in order to move from wondering to willing. And so, does, so we see how that the, no matter where you sit in the matrix there, whether it's just that you are someone who is watching, go and just go and do something. Say yes. I had, I had a, a breakfast prayer meeting with a guy called Bishop Sandy Miller two weeks ago. And he was telling his story. He's in his 80s now and he was a fascinating guy and I was wondering what it was that propelled him in, in his ministry and how he found the vision to do what he did. And, and he said uh, as, as once as a barrister and now as a minister, he was, he was walking down the road as a new minister and he, he said, Lord, what is the strategy? What is your vision for, for my life? And the Lord said to him, Sandy, I just want you. Are you willing? And he said, I can do that, Lord. Then he went and pastored a church that started a little course called Alpha. And started with four courses that they ran when it first took off in around 1977. By the mid-90s, in one year in the mid-90s, they had run 10,500 Alpha courses around the world. In 2015, there's now a guy called Bear Grylls. A lot of Gen Y just adore and worship, who's a Christian, who touts out there with, he was saying, Bear's now got two billion followers on Facebook, Twitter, Sphere, social network. And so here's a guy who's saying, go do an alpha course. And it all started with someone who said, I was just willing. So you just say yes to something. If you're if you're watching, if you're watching, you say yes. If you are waiting, you Jared Hayne, you skill up. And if you're wondering, you tune in. So guys, look, we've been really practical this morning. We've been talking about service for three weeks. Three weeks of service, man. Um, but but here's, here's the bigger picture in all of this. I, I, don't, I don't want us to come out of all of this feeling guilted into stuff. And that was exactly Paul's heart when he spoke to his church. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 of 2 Corinthians, verse 8, he says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So he's saying, I'm not commanding you, but just take a look at what the Macedonian church is, is doing. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's a lot of theological talk. What does it mean? 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, it can give you a nosebleed when you think about it theologically. The whole point is when Jesus comes out of the Trinity and and God incarnates in the person of Jesus Christ, what is he doing? He's clearing out the garage. He's saying if, if we, Father, Son, Holy Spirit hung together for the rest of eternity, then there's no room. And so Jesus says that the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. And in his model, he says, look, I, I will go out. I will go out into the world and I will, I will create space in my, in my house, in my room, in my garage, so that, that you might be able to come in. And, and in so doing, that if you call yourself my follower, then all I do is ask that you rearrange your little garages. Because the reason is I'm bringing people in. I'm bringing friends. I'm bringing family members I'm, I'm, I'm orchestrating things. I'm placing people in your life, whether it be in the high school, or the university, or at the retirement village, or the mum's group that you're a part of. God is saying, don't get me wrong, there's, there's going to be people there. And he says, I need a people, I need a church. That because they've thought this stuff through in 2016, are a bunch of people that are not full up, but they're freed up. Where do you sit in this matrix this morning? And and what have you got to do to take all the stuff, the inevitable stuff in our lives, up off the garage floor, tidy it up, put in the size in order that you might be able to bring people in and to serve them for God? That's a bigger picture. Let's pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.